Hi, everyone. I have what I hope you will find is a really fun episode for you today. It is episode 20 already. I'm so excited about that. I am talking about a concept that I was reminded of in a recent training. It was such a good training. And the topic was reflective supervision. And it was a two-part training. I loved it because it was very organized, structured, some of my favorite things. It's right up my alley. The point of the training was to teach participants a process to help someone else to come to a solution for a problem. And there were very specific steps that you followed to get there. I will share those steps with you. And then there was one point that they made that really hit home to me and seemed like it would be so helpful in a lot of ways. And I will explain, but first let me tell you the steps as I learned them of reflective supervision. Okay, so the first step is affirming, holding space, slowing down. It's really about acknowledging the person that you are working with, acknowledging that you really hear them. So in this specific training, it would be a person that you supervise, but it could be anyone that you are working with, helping your children, helping them to get their energy down, to get it all out, all of the details, to breathe, to slow down, and to acknowledge to them that it sounds like something is a problem, like it's a lot, like it sounds hard. Once you get there, step two is to broaden the story. So this wouldn't be about getting to a solution yet. It would be where you ask questions to get more details, to ask the person to open up maybe some other ways to think about this. So you might ask something like, how do you think the other person in your story experienced this? How did you feel when this happened? How do you imagine the other person felt? Or why do you think this happened? This is the part of the encounter where someone who is a coach learns to ask really good questions to get the other person that you're talking to, to open up and to open up their mind and stop thinking of the situation in exactly the same way over and over, but to step back from it and maybe even step back further, take a step to the side and look at the situation in a new way and maybe see something different in the situation. The broaden the story step can also clarify details to get them down to the actual facts. So that someone who comes to you and says that their coworker never talks to them, it ends up through this kind of questioning to turn into, well, what actually happened is that I said hello to them the other morning and they didn't say hello back. So then I talked to her less than normal because I thought she was mad at me. But in the end, she said hello back and I just didn't hear her and no one is actually really mad. So questioning what are all of the actual facts can get down to the heart of what the problem really is so that you don't work on this problem of my coworker doesn't talk to me when the problem really is I'm afraid that my coworker might not like me and I have feelings about that. 
The final step in reflective supervision is guiding and focusing. So this is where you define what the actual problem is and you guide the other person to think about options, all of the options, and then to focus on choosing a solution. And then you're going to name the solution and talk about the first step. And this is where I had an aha moment for me that inspired this podcast. Well, The first thing, actually, that I came to realize is that it's super hard, (laughs) at least for me and maybe for some of you, to hold myself back from just offering the solution. And I think it's because I have some experience. I have experience in my field. I have usually been in the seat before of whoever it is that I'm trying to talk to and help come to a solution. And very often, I might have been in their exact position before. So I have found usually that I have something in my mind that either I think will work or in my experience, I feel like I know it will work. Something that is just the typical way that we do things. So I know what the policy is and and how we should be doing it, what procedure we are supposed to be following. Or Maybe I just have the one solution that I think in my mind is what should be done, or at at the very least, what should be tried first. So my natural instinct is to offer. To me, that's how I want to help. But with reflective supervision, it is what I have to hold myself back from doing to not offer, at least not at first, because then they told me the one thing that made me sit back and really think that there is always more than one solution. What? No, that can't be right. Okay, maybe there are sometimes a couple of options or there's a right way to do it, but you can tweak it a bit to fit you or your personality or the words that you want to use. But all kind of variations of one solution, right? The thing that you should go do, right? Nope, not one solution at all. Not variations of one solution, but actually more than one. So considering this, that completely changes my role when supervising or helping someone else come to a decision. It could be someone at work, someone in my family, one of my kids, whoever. Now, the thing is, when I coach, I am very used to this idea. I was taught in my certification classes that the coach never, ever knows what the client should do. We are completely neutral, and our role is to help them figure out through those really good questions what it is that they want to do. So in that coaching bubble, I'm very used to this. But I have to say, when I teach and train in workshops, I do some coaching, but come on, a lot of the time, I really do have an idea of what I think that they should do. And since coaching in weight loss, I may have always had this little voice in the back of my head that reminds me of what things worked for me and what things I have learned didn't work for me. So as I work with my clients, 
I think that often I may guide them a little bit in what I think might work. Of course, I always tell them to go and try it and to decide by what works for them. But just maybe in the back of my mind, it's human and natural to think that we might know what the one solution is. And we have to hold ourselves back from saying, just do this. This is the right answer. This is what will work. That last part of the reflective supervision, the guiding and focusing, instead supports the person to brainstorm options and possible solutions. Talk about those. And then, of course, you can offer ideas and point out possible outcomes to those choices. And definitely, we can redirect when the person just wants to continue talking about the problem or why none of the options can possibly work. Sometimes you do have to guide the person back into solution mode because it can be human nature to want to stay in the problem. And then you allow that person to choose the option once you have the options laid out. To choose and then come up with a game plan or at the very least a first step. Now, of course, if the option is one that is not allowed or that you can't permit, whether it's by law or policy or by ethics or appropriateness, then if you are in a position that you're their supervisor, you can, of course, use your veto power and your guidance to get back to what the possible options are. But once you are there, then they choose, which again can be a little bit more biting your tongue and holding yourself back from choosing one for them. We know that this works with children. You give two possible options and you let them choose. Both options must be okay for them to choose. It doesn't work if you offer two things and you really can only grant one of them. Such as, do you want to leave with me from the grocery store or do you want to just sleep here all night? Those really are not two options. It also works for, for teenagers, for employees that you have to keep within acceptable options when they can't choose just anything, but they can choose out of two or more acceptable things. It can even work with ourselves when we can't get ourselves to do something. Do I want the fruit or the popcorn for dessert, but I cannot choose the candy? What I would like you to do, and this is your homework here, so listen up, my friends. I really want you to take this part away with you. What I would like you to do is to open up to the idea that there is more than one solution. Now, yes, you can definitely use this when you are helping someone else, when you're coaching them, supervising them, guiding them, talking to a friend about a decision. You can reflectively supervise and help them come up with their own options with your guidance. However, the most important way that you can use this is to give yourself more than one solution to things. We can get stuck in a rut when it comes to thinking that there's only one way to do things in order to live our life and move towards our dreams. One way to be a good parent or a good wife or husband, a good employee, a good supervisor, son, daughter, friend, 
we might think that there's only one way to be good at those things. But what if there isn't one right way? What if there are always more options and even beyond all of the ones that we can sit down and think of right now? What if we know that we will sit down and think of some fantastic options in a future brainstorming session, but we just don't know right now what we're going to come up with? What if we can trust that we have the best answer, the best solution, that it exists as a very real thing, but we just haven't met that idea yet? We haven't been introduced to it yet, but it's there. It's going to come out of our brain, whether it's organically or maybe when we hear or see something else that gives us the idea. This is when we can learn to trust ourselves to find the answer, that the answer is coming. And if that solution doesn't work, it's not the only one. We can count on ourselves to come up with another solution to try. So what that looks like in a practical homework assignment is to wait until the next circumstance comes up in your life that seems like a problem, or you can sit down right now and choose a problem that you are having, something that you want to fix or change, and ask yourself some really good questions. You can go through the steps. You can acknowledge to yourself that it's a problem, acknowledge that it seems hard, give yourself some grace, and then broaden the story. Ask yourself really good questions. Consider what others' experiences are if other people are involved. And then acknowledge that there are answers out there. Lots of different solutions that you can come up with when you believe that there are options. Redirect yourself back to solution mode if you keep finding yourself in problem mode. If you find yourself diving in and thinking about every aspect about why it's a problem, then you need to cross over that bridge to the solution side of things. Figure out what your options are and then choose one. Try one. The choosing must be followed by an action step to start experimenting to see if that solution will work. You can always go back and try another solution. I am going to be working on this too, specifically with getting myself to exercise in the way that I want to. I am going to consider that there is more than one way to do it and decide which way I am going to put into place first. I will let you know how it goes and you can let me know how this strategy works for you. Let me know if you are using it on yourself or to help others and how it works out in the end. Have a great week, my friends. Talk to you next week.